0: Hi friend, this is Sodoby, bringing you episode 38 of Mom Strength. So we are talking about body shaming, fat phobia, um, and 12 body, body image truths that I want you to know. I'm going to be sharing a couple of personal experiences that I've received in the past couple of days of body shaming, asking inappropriate questions. But before we get started Welcome to Mom Strength a podcast and movement to empower, educate, and showcase mom strength inside and out. I'm your host, Surabhi Veach, physiotherapist and fitness coach, also known as The Passionate Physio. Join me for discussions on movement, mindset, and motherhood, where we raise the bar and challenge the status quo. Get ready for expert interviews and real, honest conversations, where we explore physical, mental, and emotional health. Let's celebrate the beautiful diversity and common experiences in all of our journeys. Let's do this. Hey friends, this is Surabi Veach and we are back with episode number 38. This is a solo episode and I am super fired up to talk about this. We're talking about body shaming. We're talking about fat phobia, I'm receiving unwanted comments, unsolicited comments. And I want to share some body image truths with you. Um, you know, there's been quite a discussion on social media with a couple stories that I've shared from the past couple days and I'm so so grateful for all of the stories that you've shared with me of your own experiences and I really really think it's important to have this discussion today for those of you who missed the story I will recap what happened um, what my response was and what my thoughts and lessons around this are so let's start from the beginning. Um, For those of you who don't know, I'm Suda Veach. I'm a registered physiotherapist in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and I'm also a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. I run an online business, The Passionate Physio. I also have my Instagram page, The Passionate Physio. And I support badass moms, pregnant, postpartum, you know, well beyond postpartum as well. Mamas to get active, to get strong, feel athletic again, return to running, return to climbing, whatever you want to do. And a big part of what I do is also support people to feel empowered and use their voice because your voice matters. And I had just a few days before that shared a quote from Malala Yousafzai, who is freaking fantastic if you don't know who she is I will be very shocked and I think there's some research you need to do and her quote um, I saw this on a mural outside uh, Little India on Gerard and Coxwell um, outside my favorite South Indian restaurant Odupi Palace and the quote said when the whole world is silent even one voice becomes powerful and you know when I was younger I used to squash my voice I didn't feel safe using my voice I was just trying to survive just trying to fit in As a new immigrant to Canada, I moved to Canada when I was 10. I grew up in India. Um, I lived in Bahrain in the Middle East for a couple years, and then I moved here when I was 10, and I was like, what the heck? Like, racism exists. I had no idea how poorly people were treated when they essentially weren't white. And so I squashed my voice. I tried to blend in, to try to fit in, um, hid parts of my own identity, my own culture for Decades. It hasn't been until the past few years that I've really started to reclaim myself and my identity. And part of that is just using my voice more. And when you use your voice, you enable—you don't enable, but you empower other people to also use their voices. And that's why it is important to use your voice if you feel safe to do so. So I just shared this a few days ago over the weekend, um, and. You know, the next day I went rock climbing and took my mom, um, who's in her mid to late 60s, rock climbing for the first time. She she actually yeah, had the idea. She wanted to join me and my family um, to go climbing. And I'm like, yes, I would love to take you. So, you know, here we are. We're getting set up with her harness, her rental shoes. And we're just about to start climbing. And we actually, she does start climbing. She's like quarter of the way up the wall. She's terrified. She's clinging on for dear life. She's obviously tied into the ropes. And I'm coaching her. I'm guiding her where to put her feet. And then I'm coaching her on, you know, letting go, letting her hands go so I can bring her down. And someone taps me, comes up, you know, fr- to my from my side interrupting me while I'm belaying, which is very unsafe. You have to be paying attention to the climber, not to having a conversation over your shoulders. Um, but anyways, this, I would say middle aged, larger white woman, not super large, but on the larger side, um, you know, taps me on the shoulder and she's like, I don't mean to be rude, but are you pregnant? And I was like, well, that I'm like, no. And that is rude. And then I ignored her and I continued to focus on my mom, but she kept talking. Now she could have cut her losses and just said, okay, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, that was, that was really rude. I like, and then leave. But no, she then continued to talk and said, well, you know, we've all, we, we all put on a bit of weight, uh, over, you know, the past little while. But you know, if you are pregnant, there are pregnancy harnesses that you can do, use. And so this feigned concern, right? Under this veil of like, oh, I'm just, I'm just concerned for you. And it's just plain rude. It's inappropriate. She's telling me I'm overweight. She's telling me I look pregnant and that I need to use a pregnancy harness. I am telling her no and she is being rude and she completely ignores me because hey, there is a power differential here. White women often cry about feminism and their powerlessness over white or over men. But they use that same power over black and brown and indigenous and people of color all of the time. You know, you would think she's in a larger body, that she would understand how hurtful it can be to hear comments about your body, about fat. But no, she's like, "Mm, I don't really care. I'm going to say this to you. And I'm not saying that all of these thoughts actively went in, in her head before she came out. And said something Ch- chances are she just has she doesn't think these are all just subco- in her sub- subconscious um she sees me and my mom speaking Tamil in the change room and assumes wow, they must be real beginners she isn't she would never think that wow she's looks like she knows how to climb. I've been climbing for ten years. I know about pregnancy harnesses you don't need a pregnancy harness in your first or second trimester most most people anyways and <laughs> Like, I don't know if you've ever seen me in person, but I do not look pregnant. Yes, I have a bit of a belly, but anyways, that's besides the point. Whether I am or not, the whole conversation was completely inappropriate I told her she was being rude and she ignored me and moved on. And now I was like, I am not letting this woman steal my power. And this is what this is what I want you to pay attention to. If you've had comments like this, your power is within you. Nobody can just take that because they make an inappropriate or insensitive remark or are just being straight up rude. I was like, I'm taking my mom climbing for the first time. This is an event I want us to remember and celebrate and enjoy. My mom is freaking badass. You know, she never exercised in her life. That wasn't normalized for Indian women when she grew up. And now she has been working out doing my base fitness membership workouts. She's getting stronger. She's feeling more confident in her body and she's trying climbing. You know, it's it's huge. And so I was like, forget this chick. I'm I'm having fun with my family, my kids and my husband. We were all climbing together. And I, nobody really knew what happened because nobody was really, you know, and this woman, my husband and kids were right beside me, but she obviously assumed that they weren't with us because she assumed that I was just with my mom. Now, had she maybe seen that I was with a white man, chances are she would not have said something. But who knows? People people being ignorant regardless. So, You cannot control the ignorance of other people. You can only control what you do, how you respond, and what you do for yourself to take care of yourself after. Now, for me, I've grown up in a very thin body my entire life. I've actually always tried to gain weight because I've been told I was too thin. And so when I hear people commenting on my fat, it doesn't cut me deep the same way it might if I was made fun of or bullied my entire life for being overweight. So I want to say that that's why I'm able to talk about this so readily or so not easily, but with more ease than let's say somebody who has been in a larger body, who's been shamed, who perhaps has eating disorders or disordered eating behaviors um, around this and even besides the eating part and the fat part, asking someone if they're pregnant is inappropriate on so many levels. If I had experienced a recent loss, if I, had ex- if I was experiencing fertility struggles, she has no idea what she's asking when she's asking that question. She doesn't work at the gym. Like people are just being nosy as shit and she comes from the other side of the gym n- climbing nowhere near me to ask me this question. And so don't be that person. If you are curious zip your mouth. If somebody asks you an inappropriate question, now these are some of the responses I had rehearsed in the past, you know, to be ready for an inappropriate question like this because it has happened to me when I was three months postpartum after my first um, child. I was at a friend's wedding and a male, you know, friend, acquaintance casually was like, hey, you're not pregnant again, are you? because I wasn't drinking alcohol, but I went to the bathroom and cried because I, my dress was too tight. I had bought it before, um, before preg- before postpartum. I didn't realize what my size was going to be a bit bigger, especially around my tummy. I didn't realize I was going to end up with a diastasis. So I felt so insecure in myself back then. And so I, part of it, I, I also wanted to celebrate the progress that I've made in my own body image that I didn't go and hide and cry when this lady came up to me. I was just like, wow, you were rude and moved on. didn't fully move on because I'm making a podcast episode about this. And I also want to share on social media because I hear from so many of my clients that they're at the park and some mom will be like, oh, when are you due? Or like, oh, congratulations, like assuming they're pregnant. Like, listen, I know we all expect ourselves to just like, quote unquote, bounce back and have a flat stomach first of all many women never had a flat stomach even before kids (laughs) so like what is this ridiculous expectation and it's all based on a eurocentric model of beauty which is also based on like a 15 year old let's be honest with like no fat with just you know tall thin boobs and butt right like it's it's just unrealistic um for most people even before having babies, and then post kids, your body will change. One hundred percent, it will change. You might say, "Oh, but I have that friend, or all my friends seem to bounce back." So what? Ninety-five percent of women—that that's a made-up stat—but based on what I see, look different. So, you know, instead of feeling bad that we don't look how we did, like let's talk about the bigger issue, the systemic issue of why women are objectified like this. Why? You know, fat phobia has roots in anti-black racism and white supremacy. These are the bigger issues that we need to be discussing, not just, oh, you know, um, why are people being so rude? It's, It's a bigger issue than that. And I'm not an expert in teaching this, but I would recommend some people to follow and learn from and to pay to learn from them. Salam Debs, I just finished taking her anti-racism course and she talks about so much how the roots of fat phobia, how so many different movements are tied to white supremacy and um, the unearned advantage that you have if you live in a white body. And, you know, in addition to Salam Deb's follow Nemesis Graham from ME Fitness, she is incredible. She inspires me every single day. And she is one of my friends who I feel like we have connected on social media about our own experiences. And she's just so vulnerable in how she shares what she shares and um, teaches me every day why it's important to use my own voice. I have so many other incredible people to follow on social media and learn from. Um, and pay, pay for their courses, pay for their teachings, don't just take information from people for free, and, you know, say, oh, uh, this is self-help, this is not self-help, you know, dismantling white supremacy and fat phobia is not a self-help course, it is dismantling these systems that are actually harming people every single day, and maybe even harming you, Um, so learn from these people, you know, Rachel Kergill, Chrissy King, Uh, Monique Melton from Mo Motivate there's so many people who talk about um, these issues these larger issues so going back to myself you know I have always been in a smaller body I've grown up in a smaller body it wasn't until after I had my second child that I gained more weight so you know it's genetics plays a huge role so I don't want you to think that I I totally get it. I totally get what it's like to be in a, in a larger body because I don't. I didn't grow up in a larger body. I don't have internalized, um, you know, body image issues because of that. I have it from other things, of course. But, um, you know, I do want to say that my story is not representative of what people who are in larger bodies go through every day. Not even close. I'm still a small person. Yes, I hold more fat, but I am still a small person. So if I am receiving comments like this from a complete stranger when I'm doing something athletic, what about people in larger bodies when they try to just go for a walk or try to do anything athletic? What about, first of all, the sizes of clothing? Athletic clothing usually stops at size XL. How inclusive is that? It's not at all inclusive of all body sizes. It also excludes people who do want to be athletic from doing those activities because they don't even have clothing options that can fit them. Um, Or if they do have options, they cost so much more because they have to go to a specialty store to get it. Um, The judgment that people receive from just moving their body for just moving their bodies like it must only be for losing weight maybe they just really like climbing or running or whatever activity but of course that that's not assumed because you see a person with fat or in a larger body and you assume that they must be doing this for losing weight now i'll share another story that happened the day after this climbing incident um so that uh, that happened a couple days ago and then yesterday i had gone for a run in the morning and i'd come home and the black Older woman concierge in my building, as I was like, getting to the elevator, she's like, um, What did she say? She's like, Oh, you're trying to lose weight, eh? Um, looks like you've gained some weight. And like the elevator's door shut. And I was just kind of like, Wow, what? like when it rains, it pours. Am I right? I'm, I'm just waiting for the third comment because you know, every bad luck comes in a string of threes. So, but, um, Yeah, I was just shocked and I was really proud of how I handle this. I didn't just storm back down and yell at her. I was just like, I need to calm down. I just finished this run. I feel really good. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of my body. I reminded myself that. And that's something that we, you know, a bunch of conversations with DMs. And one one woman who's actually a therapist herself shared her own body image issues since she's postpartum and has an umbilical hernia, which I also have, Um, you know, It's so hard because when you are used to being in an athletic, thin body and your body looks different, people somehow expect you to look the same, you know, after two, three kids or even after one kid. But the hardest part is when you haven't accepted yourself, then all of the comments from other people hurts. Whereas for me, I wasn't hurt by these comments. I was just angry. I was like, This is effing inappropriate. I'm like, you're a woman. You're saying this to another woman, and so I had just finished saying that the only people who body shame me are usually white women. But this is a black woman, and this is the again the problem with white supremacy is black and brown and Asian women say mean and hurtful things to each other. But are like, would she have stopped a white woman in my body and said that? Absolutely not. Would she have said this to me if I was with my white husband? Absolutely not, because she had just seen me earlier in the day. She's seen me with my husband, with my kids so many times before. But she decides to wait until I'm by myself, and then she has an audience. The su- The white male <laughs> superintendent of the building was standing with her when she made this comment. Did he step in? Absolutely not. So there are so many scenarios, not scenarios, there's so many issues here that go beyond just the comments. It's this pow- use of power privilege you know, when you have this, un, when you have not unlearned the internalized white supremacy that you have within you, which I believe is something that Bell Hooks um, came up with, um, internalized white supremacy. Now, if you are black, brown, indigenous, um, Asian, La- Latina, you within you you also grew up within white supremacy you also grew up in a culture where thinness whiteness lightness straight hair you know all of that was glorified so you all can also have either self-hate or hate against people of your own kind and not just hate where you're like pointing fingers and being like you know violent but you can be you can choose words that are violent you can choose actions or behaviors that are violent and I see this all the time. Some of the people who are, you know, have been very mean to me are other people of color. And it's so painful to me because I'm like, wow, I feel so sad because you have so much self-hate from you being treated like a piece of shit that you're now putting it on other people of your own kind. And I've been there. I have been there because I, you, when you've been treated so unfairly, you feel so angry and resentful. You go through a period where you're just like, I am so mad at the world. This is unfair. And I think that that's a necessary process. But we need to go from being mad to taking action, to speaking up, to using our voice when we can, where we can, where we feel safe to. And to just calling in the people in our lives, calling out bullshit. Because if we don't use our voice, these things continue. People take our power away from us. So to that white woman, I'm not about at the climbing gym. I'm not about to sit there and educate her because she's a nobody to me. She's a complete stranger. I'm setting my own boundary on what I'm willing to accept and I'm moving on. Someone had said, "Oh, I wish you'd reamed her out." I'm like, "That is not my problem, though. I am not her parent I'm not her coach she's not paying me she is not taking any more damn energy away from me in that exchange right so I want you to remember that not every fight is your fight however for this concierge in my Betty building I see her every single day so I I will bring it up for. I I did bring it up to her. I cooled down and came back home, and later on, I went out again, and I made sure she was by herself. I'm not making it. I'm not about to make a scene. Like I'm not about to soup to her level. Let's put it that way. And I said to her, "I'm like those comments were really disrespectful and inappropriate. You cannot." And and then she like I started talking, and she immediately was like, "I'm so sorry. I I realized after the fact that that was you know not right." And I said. Do not make comments about my body, my mom's body, my mom was with me, my kids, my family, or anybody's body. That is disrespectful. And then she apologized again and I said, thank you. And I left. Because I could I could easily bring this up to the building management. She could probably, her job would be, you know, on the line. Let's put it that way. But I believe in giving people a second chance, especially when it's women who already don't have power and privilege and when I'm talking about privilege I'm not saying privilege is not a good or a bad thing privilege is unearned advantage and this is how I learned about this from Salaam Debs's course and it really made sense which is why I really recommend everyone take that course <coughs> she just wrapped up a round of it she'll probably run it again I, I have no idea when she'll run it again but um follow her on social media and and um see when she does but um When you have unearned advantage, you like white women essentially have more unearned advantage over black women and brown women. And, you know, in the hierarchy of who has more privilege in our society, white women have more than all the other women. Right. Even if you're a fat white woman, even if you are disabled, you still have more power and privilege. You still get treated with more respect than a similar person, similar person of a darker skin, for example um so we need to keep that in mind and especially if you're white and listening to this and you're at all triggered by this that's your business that's not my business and if you're not triggered by this but you're like holy shit Serby's right like I did not consider this like so many of my friends messaged me they're like wow I didn't consider this you know one of my friends is tall and she's white and she's like wow you know like I didn't see the link you know to how race and all of this plays into this. And I'm like, yeah, you're a tall white woman. Who's going to say anything about your body? Right? Like it's, it's even, even if she's not thin or not, you know, whatever her body looks like, people are not necessarily going to come up to a tall white woman who by our society standards is, you know, a symbol of power. People aren't going to say shit. So it's important to remember how power and privilege and unearned advantage uh, and race plays into all of this. Um, and then some people are like, oh, but Asians have so much, you know, colorism. Yeah, absolutely. India, there's a ton of colorism. And like, no thank you to the British colonial rule, because that's exactly when, you know, historians have identified that colorism actually began because the British selectively took the lighter skin folks as servants and maid and treated and convinced the lighter skin Indians <coughs> that um, the darker Indians were <clears throat> quote-unquote blacks or that they they were less sense, essentially. And so there begins the messaging that, wow, okay, if I'm lighter, I'm better. I'm, I'm more attached to whiteness. And that colorism is still existing all across India. I'm a generally moderate, lighter-skinned Indian, and I have more power and privilege in India over darker-skinned Indians that is that is the problem because I didn't earn that advantage I just happened to be lighter skin and this it's the same with people who hear who are in can't here by here I'm in Canada by the way so Canada U.S. you know North America <clears throat> or Western society anyways your privilege is unearned and then another comment that I've earned is um oh but you know Asians always bring up body because in, in Asian culture it is you know oh you're too fat right there you will almost you will often hear that and when i say asian you know i might say korean taiwanese culture um i'm not those cultures so i don't want to speak for them however this is what i've heard from my my friends and yes this is absolutely true there's a lot of obsession about being thin but it's because being thin is tied to whiteness and being in a larger body is tied to blackness which it we know is not true there are a ton of larger white people and thinner black people and vice versa but it's this messaging and um eugenics and all of that nonsense that basically started is now still these thoughts and behaviors are still continuing and when you look on tv and media and the only people in larger bodies that you see on tv are you know white because they can get away with it if it's a larger-bodied black person, it's like, oh wow, you're so brave, or you know, or a brown person. Like I remember something Mindy Kaling um, shared. She's like, people aren't used to seeing a darker-skinned, you know, person and a, you know, a chubby darker-skinned person on, you know, so confident on, on TV. Oh, you're so brave. Like those types of comments. Like that is an issue. Just because somebody's on TV or somebody's doing something and they're in a larger body doesn't mean they're so brave um one of my uh somebody sent me a dm about aubrey gordon i think um she's a larger white woman um on social media that i follow and she had shared like i'm out for a walk um walking my dogs and someone's like good for you as if it's like you need a medal for like walking your dog she's not doing that to lose weight Like people in larger bodies who exercise don't need a congratulations for doing that. Like that is very, very offensive. Anyways, I digress. This whole this whole sidebar here, getting back to my story about the past couple days and, um, you know, what I what some of the things that I'm proud of is how I responded that I took some time to ground myself and to calm down before responding to my concierge because I was a bit more hurt about that comment because she knows me she knows my family and I just felt like that was came out of nowhere and I thought about letting it go because she's you know older and I was like oh you know it's like the old Indian aunties like you will will change but I'm like you know what it's not about whether people will change or not it's about setting a boundary for yourself that's what this is about and so I talked to um, you know one of my cousins who messaged me and she was like thank you so much for talking about this I always hold all of this in with my family you know because I want to pay them be respectful but it's so hurtful you know she's like I have had um five miscarriages and two children like my body is different but they don't know that they don't know that I've had all of these other issues all they see is the weight And that is so hurtful and so harmful. And I think it's important to respect your own self and um, surround yourself with people who don't make you feel like shit, first of all. And if it's your family, just setting the boundary over and over again until they get it. You know, my body's not up for discussion. This is my body. I did not give you consent to talk about it. You are being inappropriate. You are being rude. You know, an end of discussion. It's not up for debate. It's not educating them on why they're being rude. You are just setting a boundary for yourself. And, you know, I'll give you an example. My mom has, I've seen my mom make harmful comments to my cousins or somebody else. Oh, you've, you know, you've gained weight. Like, just, It's in almost the same way we would say to someone, oh, you have spinach stuck in between your teeth, right? It's like, it's not meant to be hurtful. You're just stating a fact because in Indian culture and Asian cultures, oftentimes it's just like factual. You're just letting the person know. However, what is, that might be your intent, but what is the impact of that comment on that person? What is the impact of you being the 10th, the 15th person to remind them, oh, your body's bigger, Because guess what? People already know that their body's bigger than it was two years ago or that it was bigger than before or smaller or whatever. People aren't blind to themselves. And I don't want to be ableist in using the word blind. Um, So I should think about, think of a different word. People don't want to be, um, or I guess I should say people aren't ignorant to what's going on in their own bodies. They see themselves in the mirror or they feel the changes in their body. So here's the thing. I came up with some lessons that I want to share with you, um, and it, I'm just going to make a list—huge list, okay? So, ten truths you should know about your body. Number one, it's actually, twelve truths because I love making lists, and I could go on about this topic forever, even if this stuff didn't happen the past couple of days, and. You know, before we go on to these truths, I want to ma- mention that I am a small person, and I have a ton of privilege even talking about this because I'm a smaller person. Right? People who in larger bodies coming out and confidently talking about their weight and their size and how inappropriate these comments are. Of course, there are people like that who exist. However, it's less common because there's inherently, it's inherently harder. And so it is up to those of us with any type of privilege to speak up and to use our privilege to call out this bullshit. If it's not us doing it, what are we waiting for? The people who are kicked every day for their body size to start speaking up? Like... I don't know, it's, to me, it boggles my mind. I know so many people who are like, oh my God, I'm so big now. And I'm like, you literally have like one roll, and you weigh 130 pounds. Like, let's chill out. I know that anyone of any size can have body image issues, but let's stop thinking only about ourselves and let's start addressing the systemic problems, both from systemic white supremacy and the Eurocentric traits and model, you know, body figure, which is ironic because they're so willing to, white folks are so willing to appropriate looks and um, features from black women and women of color, yet they don't actually want to give black women the same power or privilege that they have, right? It's, it's messed up. And so we need to challenge this. Um, okay, 12 truths you should know about your body. One, it's ironic that confidence for women has been equated to who feels comfortable wearing the skimpiest bikini because you can be a very confident person at the beach or anywhere and choose to cover up. You do not have to prove anything by bearing your stomach or your ass in a bikini. It doesn't prove anything. Confidence is about being comfortable with your choices and owning that, being comfortable being you truth number two your existence is not to make other people comfortable your existence is for yourself wear whatever the fuck you want own who you are and own your body sidebar when i went climbing i was wearing an athletic top and leggings and if i was wearing a big baggy top that comment probably wouldn't have been there but i'm not about to change the way i dress and buy a whole new set of clothing in a bigger size only for it to like fall off my shoulders and not fit me else elsewhere just because I might make somebody uncomfortable or might make someone wonder let them wonder wonder like but just keep your comments to yourself Um, truth number three you are so much more than how you look it's the least interesting thing about you yes even if you make money off how your body looks even if you're a model or an actress whatever dancer your looks still don't have to define your worth And here's the thing about that. I was talking to some – I had a conversation with um, someone in the DMs on Instagram and they were saying – It's just so hard because I know that this is true, but when it comes to myself, I just struggle with this. And I'm like, remind yourself of all of the things that you're good at. I think a lot of people who feel bad about themselves, like I know when I'm having a poor body image day, it's because I haven't done anything to fill my own cup. And I'm not talking about just like the simple stuff, like going to bed earlier and, you know, getting enough to eat and drink enough water because those are huge. Like don't underestimate the simple stuff, but it's also like stuff that actually fills me up with joy because when I lift weights or when I'm out for a run or when I'm climbing, like I feel good. I'm like, yeah, I feel like empowered in my body. When you feel empowered in your body in other ways, whether it's through movement, through dance, through art, maybe you love painting and you're like, oh, I love getting back this, to the stuff that my body can do. You start, you you prioritize your looks less. It's not about what you look like doing that activity. It's about you Getting to live the life that you want. And so I really think that you have to live and embody that. You can't just tell yourself, oh, I'm more than what I look like. You have to actually live your life that way too. And it's it's a pro, it's a process and it's it takes progress or it takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. The, these body image changes, you know, you might need to see a therapist. You might need to talk about your own shit and see what is going on. What's underlying this? What are the years of hurt? that you've hidden away that you haven't been able to talk about. And that's still, you know, when somebody says something to you, you still feel like you're maybe that six-year-old on the playground getting picked last in gym class or whatever, you know, whatever is going on. Because it's it's usually more, about, more than just about the comment that's said then and there. It's more about everything else too, right? Okay, truth number four. What other people have to say about your body is their business. However, it's up to you to set a boundary on what you're willing to tolerate. A simple, my body's not up for discussion or you're being disrespectful disrespe- or do not make comments on my body you can go a long way. And this goes to your kids too. I speak up if my parents, if anyone says stuff about my kid's body, oh, you're so small. Oh, you're so tall or oh, you're so, no, don't don't discuss my kid's bodies. It's not up for discussion. Simple. And I I talk to my kids, my, you know, my daughter is a bit older, so I can talk to her, she understands a bit more, but I'll be be talking to this with my kiddo, my son, my baby as well, because they both need to know that their body is for them, Um, that if other people are making negative or positive or just comments about their body, that that's not necessarily the right thing. We don't comment on other people's bodies. Um, We accept them as is and we don't point and we don't laugh like all of those things. We have to talk about that at home because society at large, they're not going to teach that. Trust me, the daycare is not going to talk about, you know, they might talk about it very on the surface, but you have to have these conversations over and over again. It's not just a one time and done deal. Okay. And going back to the boundary setting, you setting a boundary is not up for debate. You don't have to explain why you're setting a boundary. Boundaries are not theirs to understand. It's for you to keep, right? Or it's for you to hold. You set. I I should change that. It's for you to set. There we go. When you think that, oh, these people are not honoring my boundaries and you're blaming it on them, that's also boundaries for you to set and keep. Because if you are constantly letting people cross the boundary, they are going to take advantage of you. And I know sometimes this can be really hard to hear when it's your family, when it's your close friends. But you setting that boundary over and over again will let them know that you are not willing to have these discussions. Be firm. Practice that. Practice it in front of a mirror. And it takes rehearsals because a lot of the times this stuff doesn't come naturally because as women, as people who identify as women, we are trained to st- Stay small in our words and, you know, hold everything in and not speak up, not ruffle any feathers to be likable and approachable. That's bullshit. Hold your boundaries. And truth number five, you do not have to give excuses about your body or why you have belly fat or why you look a certain way, why you have a hernia or what's going on, why something sticks out. Honestly, it's nobody's business. Do you think men go around giving excuses for why they're bald? Do you think men explain their beer guts? Do you think men explain their excessive body hair? Nope. You do not have to give excuses about your body. You know, when that person made a comment or the other person, I didn't say, oh, yeah, I've gained a bit of weight. I've had two kids. I have diastasis. I have an umbilical hernia. I'm PMSing. I'm bloated. I just had dairy. No, that's nobody's business. It is irrelevant. The issue isn't why am I looking like this? The issue is why are you stepping out of line talking about my body? Okay, truth number six. Remember it's remember to relax your belly no matter how big or small it is. I shared this cute picture of my son climbing with his like relaxed belly and I shared a picture of myself with my relaxed belly. Listen, strong abs are ones that are not sucked in or contracted the entire time. You have to first be able to relax a muscle to contract it. You can't just stay contracted 24 hours a day. It's not how it works. Um, And the pictures you see a lot of models post or fitness influencers, influencers post, they're sucking in and they're posing. It's literally like they're changing their angles so they get the perfect shot. Don't compare your body to anybody else's, okay? It's your body's beautiful the way it is. Truth number seven, women don't exercise just to lose weight. We don't. Exercise to me is fun. Movement's fun. It helps me feel strong, powerful, feel more at ease, less pain, less aches. Uh, helps my bone density, you know, osteoporosis runs in my family, heart disease runs in my family, helps my cardiovascular health. There are like a million benefits. Weight loss is not it. Exercise is actually one of the least effective ways of losing weight. You can't crunch your weight into the six pack or spot treat your body or run your way into a skinny body. Like, hello, genetics, what you eat, how you eat, how frequently, you know, how much, your stress, your age, your digestive habits. Everything plays a role into your how your body looks we're not about to uh, pretend that if you just gain enough muscle and you just measure, you, like, if you're one obsessive over that, go for it. But women don't exercise just to lose weight. Let's just, and we, we women don't have to just exercise just to lose weight. Uh, if nobody's told you that, you can have other goals for movement. Okay, having fat is not inherent. Truth number eight, having fat is not inherently a problem or a bad thing. It's not. It's not a problem. It's just a problem, quote unquote, problem that's marketed that way in order to send you chasing a lifetime of solutions. It's just like wrinkles, honestly. Like wrinkles are a normal part of aging, but there's a billion and one solutions. And if you want to be thin, if you want to use wrinkle creams, if you want Botox just to fit in, just to look more youthful, to be more acceptable, what you think is more acceptable... If you think being thinner and less wrinkly helps you be more confident, I get it. I've total, I totally get it. You've experienced a lifetime of conditioning within white supremacy that shows you that thinner women get treated better, that more youthful looking women treat better, get treated better, the lighter hair, lighter skin, all of that. It all ties in together. However, but if you think that being thin will chase away all your problems or give you better health or better body image, you're wrong. If you think being thin will suddenly give you better self-confidence, Or all of those body image issues that you had before will be gone. Nope. You still have to do the inner work to build confidence in yourself so that you can start showing up in your body regardless of how it looks. Because guess what? You will age. We we are all literally aging right now when you're listening to this. We are all constantly changing. And I don't even like saying for the better or worse. I I don't think it's one is better or one is worse. I don't think wrinkles are worse than non-wrinkles or fat is worse than thin or vice versa. We just change. That is part of humans. That's part of leaves, trees, plants. Everything changes. We have to start accepting that we are human and we're not, you know, immortal. <laughs> like, okay, truth number nine. People aren't used to seeing women with belly fat or in larger bodies or doing athletic things. It's not because women in larger bodies aren't athletic. It's because they're often made to feel unwelcome or they're body shamed. And so I want you to know if you've received harmful comments on your body. It sucks. I know. It sucks. I don't even know the full extent of how mean people can be about your body. Because I have always been in a smaller body. Uh, And while I've been made fun of for being too thin or having a small chest or what, what have you, it's just not the same when you, you know, it's not the same. At least people have always assumed that I was... Moderately athletic, or that I could be. There's so many assumptions that people make when you're in a larger body that I cannot speak for, but I want you to know it sucks and it's not you. There's nothing wrong with you. There's n- nothing wrong with you. You know, hear that again. There's something wrong with the people who think it's okay to body shame, to people who think it's okay to ask women about their bodies, especially under the veil of feigned concern. Like, give me a break. If people were really concerned about you, whether you're pregnant postpartum whatever they'd be cooking you meals they'd be helping you watch your older children they'd be cleaning your house folding your laundry they wouldn't be like oh my god you look like you've gained weight like really that's fake shit let's just move past that i i i know that i deserve better friendships amongst my you know female friends and you do too So if you've been bullied or made to feel like you're less of a human because of the size of your body, this is truth number 10. So if you've been bullied or made to feel like less of a human because of the size of your body or how you look, I want you to know that it's absolutely not you. The problem isn't you. The problem is the people making the comments. The problem is the system that enables women to be treated as objects to critique. The problem is the privilege and power some people hold fat phobia is tied to anti-black racism and white supremacy these are the systems that must first be dismantled these are the systems that need to be addressed not just one person making a rude comment it's what enables certain people to speak their run their mouth without thought what enables certain people to go up to someone else and say whatever they want, but not say that to maybe a white man or a white woman. What enables people to act the way they do? It's the systems, systems we live in. And until those are changed, until those are challenged, these things will keep happening. And so truth number 10 or 11, if you have not been able to speak up or use your voice when receiving hurtful comments, body shaming, remember that it's okay to prioritize your own safety. You may feel like it's not safe to say anything. Don't blame yourself for any comments that you have ever received. Don't blame it on what you were wearing or what angle you were standing at. You know, one of my my clients, she shared a wonderful story of how after her first baby she was at a party and uh she posted a picture of her wearing a flowy top um and someone had commented on her facebook you know picture or whatever oh are you pregnant but she's like i just had a belly and turns out later on she had a uterine fibroid so it's like you don't know what health issues people are having like there's a, it's none of your business either it's just none of our business what issues other people are having it's just not our comment it's not our place to make comments on other people's bodies you know Um, so yeah, don't blame yourself for any comments that you've received. You are not less powerful because you also didn't speak up. Remember that. Don't, don't feel like, wow. Like a lot of people are like, wow, your goals, you know, you're so, you're such an example. You're so inspiring. Like, I I can't believe you were able to speak up. I I would have just frozen. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I have been doing the work and I'm also, I also have thin privilege. So I have not internalized oh my god, my body's bad because I have fat. I have not internalized that message, but a lot of people have internalized that message. I remember one of my best friends when we moved to Canada. When I moved to Canada, one of my best friends was um, this woman, this girl um, who was in my class and she was from Romania. I was from India. We were both like new immigrants. We were both kind of like outcasts. I was super scrawny. She was a larger person and she was always like, how do you are you so thin like I want to learn that and I was like how are you like bigger I want to learn that because we wanted what each other had because culturally that was what the messaging was and guess what we were friends for years we didn't just trade bodies we didn't figure out how to be the other person we ate together every day like we have to remember that genetics plays a huge role in all of this The way my body has been is exactly like how my mom was. After my first baby, I went back to being 105 pounds. That was just no problem. I was like, wow, you know, I don't understand. I I remember thinking, wow, I don't understand how people gain so much. What an ignorant, ignorant thought, right? Just because I hadn't personally experienced it, I assumed that, that other people? No, that was ignorance. Now, after my second, I am significantly heavier. And my mom had a similar experience after she had her second child. So it's... Just how it is, I work out, I exercise, I eat what I want i love I love life it's it's perfect, you know i don 't care what other people say it 's just i 'm happy doing me, and so remember that your power is within you sometimes it 's just better to protect your own energy than educate ignorant fools your life 's mission isn't to educate every <laughs> single person who 's being stupid, like really your life 's mission is bigger than you know your purpose is greater than that, your purpose is for you. So your body, your power, everything is within you, and you may not speak up today, but you might one day realize, "Wow, I have made progress because I can speak up for myself now. I can use my voice." And remember that, especially for listening, to, listening to this, and white, you do hold a lot of power and privilege in this society, in this Western society. So use it. Push past those discomforts because. Sometimes it's not just about you. It's about you speaking up and how many other people you have just saved from hearing those same comments. Because guess what? The concierge in my building is not about to speak up to anybody else and make those comments. Hell no. That woman at the climbing gym, maybe she'll maybe she will think twice about going up to somebody. And you can guarantee if I see her there again and she says something, I will 100% go to the climbing staff, the the gym staff, and speak up but i'm not about to you know give away my power my energy my day my fun experience with my my mom my pride in my mom for climbing in her 60s like it's huge i'm not about to give that away to a total stranger who i don't know maybe she feels awful about her own body and is projecting but that's not my business my business is not to show empathy to strangers who are being rude it's to um set a boundary simply simply put set a boundary and I choose what I do next whether I need to take a moment if maybe I needed to step away for a bit I would have done that but I didn't because it just didn't affect me that much at that time and I haven't cried about this (laughs) these incidents you know I'm really proud and not that crying is a bad thing it's just I know that if my body image was where it was before I would have been wrecked I would have been so upset but this time I was just like, hmm, wow, like that's really ignorant. And I can have a whole podcast conversation about this. I can, I've made a whole bunch of story posts. Save that in a highlight, by the way. If you're like, what is she talking about? Go check it out because I share kind of the, the details and stuff. Um, although I have shared it on the podcast too, but some people like reading about it too. I've shared, saved it on a highlight. I think it's called like body empowerment or something like that, body image. So you can go check that out. And... Truth number 12, carrots and dip is not a meal. Period. Anyways, I don't want to I don't want to shame anybody for what how little they eat or what what they eat, but at the same time, eat. Don't feel like because somebody made a negative comment on your body, now you have to starve yourself. Okay? Be kind to yourself. Hold yourself. Your power is within you. It's not in how you look. It's not in the words you say even. It's just it's not yours to give up. It's within you. Um, same with your dignity you know if you feel embarrassed by somebody's comment um, that's okay you know it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling but it's also important to process that and ask yourself why I was not embarrassed by either of the comments even though my comment from my concierge was like with a spectator I was furious I was like are you effing kidding me like wow um, like some nerve. Like that's what I thought. I wasn't like, Oh my God, I'm so, I I better go hide my body. No, please don't feel like you have to do that. Um, you know, I, I hope we live in a world where we start to see ourselves as more than just objects, because until we do that, you think men are going to see us as less than objects or as more than objects. If we also objectify ourselves all the damn time, no, why would they? So, um, take back your power. Mamas, take back your power. Anyways, I'm gonna wrap up this episode. I'm so grateful that you've listened to this entire thing. If you need support with your own fitness, with your journey through pregnancy, postpartum, or well beyond, I would love to support you. I offer both one-on-one virtual visits, and I offer my base fitness membership, which is a space that is non-judgmental, no body shaming, no shaming if you did didn't get your workouts in. It's all about using movement and fitness to um, empower you and to improve your quality of life and nothing else. Um, Otherwise, I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. I would be honored if you shared this episode with somebody in your life who would benefit from hearing it. Share it with your online community, your friends. Um, tag me when you listen to this. Let me know your thoughts. Send me a DM on Instagram at The Passionate Physio. If you're like, I don't use Instagram, send me an email. So to be at the thepassionatephysio.ca, I'll share the links all at the show notes. Um, subscribe to my podcast if you haven't already and leave a rating, leave a five-star rating, leave a review, let me know um, the impact this podcast had made on your life. And um, I'm just giving you a whole bunch of ideas on how you can support me. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I love your stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, and you can also love it and share this with your friends and family. Um, leave a review. All of those things help in a huge way of more people hearing um, these amazing, amazing conversations. Um, all right, I'm going to wrap it up thank you so much again. I love you lots. Your body is perfect. You are beautiful. And don't you ever forget that. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Mom Strength and being part of this important conversation. Check out the show notes for more info and links and we'll chat again real soon.